mom. It is Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show's Monday's Hangover. We literally didn't get in. We didn't get into anything yesterday, so we're going to get into some stuff today because the world is insane and it's our job to talk about it. Brandon's camera's not working, so the devil lives in the technology, but we can hear him. Brandon, are you there? I'm right here. I'm just the the sultry voiceover that everybody will hear today. Yeah, that's kind of a Charlie's Angels vibe we got going on there. So that's uh, he's there. We just we can hear him. We just can't see him. Uh, you would think uh, the Blaze would invest in some equipment. I'm just kidding. Who knows what happens in the crossing of these wires? And I'm the one who screws it all up by taping from home. So I'm going to spend the rest of the week at home. You know why? Because I want to and I can. And um, I uh, these holidays hit me hard this year, man. I, this was the hardest year. You know, a lot of people said, uh, you know, Chad, you you worked so hard. You did so much. You were in so many places. You were busier than ever. And I said, I'm not busier than ever. Like, I, I can remember when Party File Steve and I used to get on the road, and we would go do, like, five cities a week for live shows. And I haven't been doing that kind of stuff. I've been somewhere every weekend this year, unless it's a weekend I just wanted to take off, which is a blessing. Don't get me wrong. That is a good thing. Uh, if you're a live entertainer, it's great to have places to go. But I've been traveling to the Blaze every Monday morning, and I'm there through Wednesday night. So I've had no personal life. It's been a hard, hard year. So I don't know, man. I, I guess the lazy uh, just kind of jumped on me, and I said, I'm just going to stay at home and tape the rest of this week. But there's a lot of stuff I want to get into. Uh, Brandon, I don't know if you saw the clip of the Queers for Palestine. Apparently that's a thing now. Yeah, I mean, they, I got the whole. They don't seem. They don't seem to want to go to way, go away, which is odd. You'd think that fad would have come and gone. We have created a culture of people who are manufacturing ways to belong to something. They they didn't make the sports team. Uh, they weren't in whatever club. They weren't in the fraternity or the sorority, which I hate fraternities and sororities because I think it's stupid that you go out and buy friends. But, hey, to each their own. Um, they, they didn't belong anywhere. And so now, whether it's somebody who is getting upset because they're being misgendered or someone's using the wrong pronouns, saying yes, sir, when they're supposed to be yes, ma'am, or whatever the crap is going on with that. These are people who are man manifesting their own attention. They're seeking it. And so you take these guys, um, you know, whether it's um, Queers for Palestine or the Me Too movement or even BLM, all of these things. And before you guys pop off and say, well, Me Too movement was about women that were getting harassed. Yeah, it was also about women who were manufacturing a lot of victimhood. Uh, I, yes, women get harassed. Stuff happens. Stuff happens to men, too. I've never done a show where somebody didn't grab my ass. So, um, yeah, stuff happens. and you, you, There's things that happen, but again, a lot of it is manufactured victimhood, and it gave you an opportunity to go out and show your solidarity in a group of people, tell your story, and for once, somebody you thought was listening to you. This is what's going on with this Queers for Palestine thing, which is fascinating. So they were marching along Last night on the Manhattan, uh, on, on the um, on the bridge, they're going into Manhattan, and I'm like, and, and they're they're chanting pro Palestine. They're shutting down the bridge. They're protesting, and I'm like, you guys are dumb. Like, do you understand if Hamas was here, they would throw you off of that bridge? Like, the logic doesn't resonate because it doesn't exist. 
but they have found a reason to go out and get loud, manufacture some kind of oppression. Uh, here's the thing. When the Palestinian people decide to overthrow Hamas, listen, when they voted in Hamas, the Palestinian people were not acting in a pro-Palestinian way. So what are you planning to do by marching on the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever bridge they were on? George Washington. I don't know what bridge they were on, but I just saw the footage of it and I'm hearing the chants and I'm hearing the stuff and I'm like, this is just dumb. Um, in other news, the uh, the president of Harvard, who said uh, who would not condemn you know this the genocidal speak, who would not say this is unacceptable, who would not condemn these uh, pro-Palestinian protesters and their genocidal language, uh, they're not going to make her step down. She's not going to resign, and the board says nope. She's going to stay right in place. So it's a clown world. And the reason I say it's a clown world is because if you'll remember not long ago, it was these same lefty lunatics who were saying Donald Trump was anti-Semitic for his statements. So which is it? Is it anti-Semitic or not anti-Semitic? Are, are, are we going to be are we, are we going to be pro-Jew or not? Because the left the left tends to take whatever uh, rhetoric they can use at any given time to try to make, you know, to make their plea and make their case to the world. It doesn't, logic be damned, critical thinking be damned, common sense be damned. So in one breath, you condemn Donald Trump and say he's anti-Semitic. In another breath, you say, well, we're not gonna condemn these students who are out here protesting that are literally calling for Jewish genocide. Uh, and so here's an interesting clip I want you guys to watch. Brandon, we're gonna go to one. Uh, and there's a couple of things I want to jump in today, and we're going to tie it all in a nice little bow between, you know, these people who are manufacturing oppression, people that are that are claiming there's oppression somewhere in the world that there's nothing they can literally do about it, uh, and they don't understand it. They're not going to study up and find out what's actually going on. But then you have the people who are actually um, burying legitimate oppression. Okay, play clip number one. So you replace the word Jew with any other marginalized group using AI. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of black and brown people violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of LGBTQ people, does that constitute bullying or harassment? It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Muslim people is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. Why is it so hard when it comes to Jews? You can go to fightbackfilm.org and see all of that. Uh, Brandon, what's your thought on that deal right there? I mean, you, you can any other so-called marginalized group, you toss that out there. Things get a little bit wonky. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you put it into that particular context. And I'm sure the answer would have been different. So, yeah, I thought, th I yeah. thought that's a good exercise for it because it shouldn't have been a hard question to answer. Yeah. Yeah, but you throw the Jews out there because, again— and let me tell you why it's so easy for these people to say the Jews. It's the same reason that they could say white males. 
They could say Christians. They can say uh, heterosexuals. They can say conservatives. These are all groups that are perceived to be the people in power, and therefore you can fight the power. Therefore, you can call them any name. You can call for their genocide, call for their deplatforming, call for their demonetization, call for their careers to end, cancel them. Uh, you, you, can, you can call for anything. You can call for genocide on these people. And, and, and it's okay because these are the people who are the, quote, colonizers. These are the imperialists. These are the nationalists. These are the elitists. These are the ones who... Uh, are the ones who own these, you know, the Fortune 500 companies. These are these so-called um, people that should be brought down. It's okay if they're Jewish because of the perception that the Jews control everything. They control Hollywood. They control the banks. They control the finances. They control the world. These dirty, dirty Jewish people. And so they are colonizers that have oppressed the Palestinian people. At no time does anybody say, well, it's Hamas that's actually who are a legitimate terrorist group uh, that's a puppet in the hands of the Iranian governmental regime, which is the biggest funder and backer of state terrorism globally, you could say, you know, maybe those people are oppressing the Palestinian people. But no, no, it's going to be the Jews, the Jews who have supplied them with everything from the Wi-Fi to the water to their electricity and have allowed them to come and go into the region in order to work and to provide livelihood and sustenance for their families. But no, 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 no. It's the Jews who are doing all of these things. Again, don't you hear me wrong. Don't you dare get me wrong when I tell you that um, that uh, the Jewish government, they're not innocent. No government of man is. I, I'm going to say that until I'm absolutely blue in the face. But I will tell you, um, you you want to go after the real people, go after the let's let's make it fair on this thing. Let's make it fair on this thing, because, again, they're going to keep going after the so-called power, the, the colonizers, the colonialists, the, you know, all these people. Um, so God forbid. And that they can get away with stuff like that. Hey, Brandon, where are we at on the clock? I need to restart this thing real quick um, before we move on to the next story. Um, got about four and a half. How many minutes have we got left? About four and a half. About four and a half left in this segment? Yeah. Okay, good. Um it gets pretty interesting. Uh, and you want to talk about this? I mean, look at the the show that the the new Netflix documentary that's out there. I'm gonna play you a clip from this. Many of you have already seen it on social media, and you know where I'm gonna go with this if you've seen it. This is an extreme anti-white message, which again flies right in the face. You fight the power, right? The perceived power. So play clip number four. I'm asking for you to remember that if the world falls apart. Trust should not be dulled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. Yeah, uh, no trust should be doled out, especially with white people. Uh, okay, so you're not surprised by the messaging of that, right? It's okay to say things like that, right? It's okay for Netflix to put out that documentary talking about whatever the, you know, the what is it, the end of the world or whatever. And... Uh, Interestingly enough, that's produced that the executive producers of that, two of them are uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. Now, again, people would say we're nitpicking and we're just pulling a little phrase out of a dramatic document. Yeah, I, you know, if I said that, if I said that, if I put out a documentary that said we're not going to give any trust, we're not going to dole out any trust to the black people. And you know what? My dad would agree with that. My mother would agree with that. Everybody would say, well, that's because your mother and your dad are Klansmen. They're part of the KKK. They're, they're part of the, you know, the lynch mobs and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, you know, well, 
that's the thing. I, I, I struggle to understand the logic here, too, because if we're going to be honest and be a little edgy here and, and critical thinkers, I, you know, I just don't see I, I go through um, I go through Twitter quite a bit. I see some pretty atrocious things on Twitter X. I see some bad things on social media. Bad things get sent to me. I, I really am. I'm, the bags under my eyes are from not sleeping at night because of the shit that gets sent my way, the stuff that I see. For me, it's not entertaining. It's disheartening when I see man's inhumanity to man. But I tell you what, no one ever sends me. No one ever sends me any white lynch mobs. Nobody ever sees many black people being hung up with a noose. Uh, at the hands of, of white, angry people. Nobody ever shows me uh, a lot of uh, white-on-white crime videos. But what I do see is I see blacks stabbing and cutting each other's throats. I, I see blacks shooting each other. I, you know, and so so I, I help me understand where the messaging is. Help me understand what's going on with, uh, you know, I, I mean, if you want to look at mass shootings in 2023, if you want to be honest about the statistics, they were committed by and large by black people. Black people. So so I'm trying to figure out how you justify the messaging of anything at this point in time where you, you can come after all these people and, and just demonize a whole group or a race or a nationality or a region of people. And then you turn around and the former president of the United States can be the ex- ex- United States can be the executive producer of a film like this. This is, well, we're not going to we're not going to dole out any trust to white people. And you know what? The last generation, my mother, she would agree with me, too. If I say that, I'm, I'm deplatformed immediately. Sarah Gonzalez is currently deplatformed. She's deplatformed from YouTube right now for discussing transgenderism. That's it. I, I, we discuss it all the time on here. We talk about it all the time on here. We don't get any strikes. I, I don't know why that is. I mean, Sarah, she called me the other day. She was pissed off. She said, I don't understand. She said, Chad, you get away with everything. And I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a white male, right? Maybe that's the whole deal. Uh, I'm just a white male and I can get away with it all. Uh, and you, you guys would say, yep, see, he's one of those elitists. He can he can do anything. But where are we at? If I say anything about transgenderism or whatever, but the Obama's feel free to put a documentary out with that type of rhetoric on Netflix. All right, guys, I want you to diversify your savings with uh, physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. Birch Gold Group. Uh, they have a most, the most popular special of the year now through December 22nd. For every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they're going to send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. Text CHAD, I spell it Chad, to 989898 to claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver, have it shipped directly to your home, or you can have Birch Gold's precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. No money, no money out of pocket. And they'll still send you a free silver uh, coin for every $5,000 you purchase. So keep it for yourself. Give a give a real gift to somebody that actually has value. Pretty cool gift to give somebody. Uh, text Chad to 989898. They've got an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Thousands of happy customers. Plenty of reviews you can read yourself. Now's the best time to buy gold and silver uh, from Birch Gold. Text Chad to 989898 and claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before December 22nd. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. I, you know, I'm all over the place because there's so many different things I want to talk about. And I'll be honest with you, I get a little gun shy after, you know, them shutting down Sarah and all of that stuff on her on her YouTube and making it the way it is. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, it, you know, you can't talk about anything. 
they throw this stuff in your face. You're not supposed to discuss it. You're just supposed to accept it. You know, you talk about uh, what's going on in Israel. You talk about what's going on in Gaza. Everybody's so damn sensitive. I mean, if you, you want to see a perfect example, go to Dwayne Johnson's Instagram. Go to The Rock's Instagram. Anything he posts. I mean, go to one of the posts where he visited the Capitol or visited the Pentagon. I, and again, I'm not some big fan of Dwayne Johnson. I don't give a damn what Dwayne Johnson's doing today. Um, I, I have questions when he's visiting with people at the Capitol and, you know, in the Pentagon, those kind of thing. But go in the comments and just read how many pro-Palestinian things. And listen, don't get me wrong. I want to make sure you know what you're saying when you say it. So when you say pro-Palestinian, what are you what are you expressing? Because, listen, when it comes to innocent citizens, men, women and children who don't have any dog in the fight. Yeah, I think you should be pro those people. You should be uh, very much protective of those people. and You should speak out for those people. But that's not what's going on here. These people are talking about the eradication of the Jewish people. They're talking about genocide. When they say from the river to the sea, they are literally talking about they're not talking about a moving off somewhere. They're talking about destroying them, annihilating them, eliminating them. Uh, so when you start talking about the, the rock, you know, they post on there, you haven't said anything about Palestine, you, you're a disappointment, all this kind of stuff. Go look at it. You can't talk about anything. You, you, If you even allude to anything, those people are going to come at you. They're going to try to cancel you. So, I mean, here we are. We, we're walking on a razor's edge, just having a conversation about any of this crazy stuff that's going on. So, anyway, I mean, look at look at freaking Bernie Sanders. Look what Bernie Sanders had to say about Hamas. Play clip number eight. In terms of a permanent ceasefire, I don't know how you could have a permanent ceasefire with Hamas who has said before October 7th and after October 7th that they want to destroy Israel. They want a permanent war. I don't know how you have a permanent ceasefire with an attitude like that. Okay, so the, the war you're saying against Hamas is justified uh, in, in that way. I think um, Israel has the right to defend itself yes. and to go after Hamas, not the Palestinian people. See, I mean, it's almost it's almost like, wow, little common sense spilled out of, a, a, you know, a communist mouth right there because he gets it at the end of the day. At the end of the day, Bernie can talk communism all he wants. And, you know, he's all for, you know, typical communists, all for oppressing certain people groups. But in this situation, yeah, he can't do that. And so you notice that pinhead host right there who's going to try to push back and say, so what you're saying is you can't have. He said perfectly clear what it, what he meant. And he said, you go after Hamas. You don't go after the Palestinian people. And, you know, I don't know of anybody that's going after the Palestinian people. So. What are you going to do? You know, SNL is in a lot of hot water, Saturday Night Live, which who cares about Saturday Night Live, except for the arts and the comedy and the entertainment industry should tell you they, they have their finger on the pulse of what people in that actual elitist cabal are thinking and believing because they put stuff out according to their worldview. And so it's a litmus test for what we're seeing happen in our society. 
That's the only reason that stuff's important. People say, Saturday Night Live's not funny anymore. It's not meant to be funny anymore. They, they use a little bit of humor. It's a, it's, a, it's a rough attempt at humor to try to get a cultural and society societal philosophy across to people so that ultimately the brainwashing just works easier. You, it's an easier pill to swallow. You can take an ideology. Trust me, I know this. You can take an ideology, wrap it in humor, make it an easier pill to swallow, and eventually people just come out going, oh, that's just the truth. Well, you don't know if it's the truth or not because you never checked to see it. You never thought anything critically about it. You just swallowed it with laughter and then you began to accept it. Um, And this is what happened whenever uh, SNL made fun of these, talking about these college presidents who refused to condemn this genocide speak. Play uh, clip number nine. Thank you, chairwoman. Now, I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes, or no, is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. (gasps) What? (laughs) That can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. The second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? (laughs) Am I winning this hearing? (laughs) Somebody pinch me. (laughs) Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. The chair, the chair recognizes gentleman from Michigan. Thank you. I yield my time back to Ms. Stefanik. <laughs> Damn it! I am here today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, <laughs> in private dinners with my donors, and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump. <laughs> Yeah, at this stage in the game, they're not even using real audience laughter. I mean, that's laugh track stuff that they're throwing behind it because, and again, they're catching hell over this stuff. Brandon, have you seen any of the uh, responses to this stuff? Have you been paying attention to any of those comments or just kind of out of sight, out of mind? No, I, I went through them a little bit, and it's just it's good that SNL gets told it's not funny regularly because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's so unfunny. Yeah, it really is. It's cringe, and... uh uh, but again, they're going to make fun of a congressperson. They're going to make fun of Stefanik rather than making fun of these college presidents who really should be called out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it should. It, again, when you're when you're at a point in history where you are consistently making making light of the wrong people. Uh, and defending, trying to make the people look wise who are calling for or at least failing to condemn a genocidal action or rhetoric. We, we got a problem. We've got a problem. Um, so anyway, anyway, that's the world we're living in, folks. Uh, and you know what? I want to go one again, you know, and I'm sick to death. Go down to 14. Let, I'm just going to bounce around. Nah, yeah, we'll bounce around here. Before I get us canceled, let me go down here to 14 and bitch about this for a minute. Uh, Dana White, president, founder, UFC, uh, 
Yeah, he sits down with Tucker Carlson. Play clip number 14. I'll tell you what, if you consider yourself a patriot, right? You're a patriot. You should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. Believe me when I tell you. Wait, wait, wait. I should be boycott, I should be boycotting Bud Light. Gallons of Bud Light. You should have Bud Light drums stacked up in your garage and drinking it right out of the keg. They are way more aligned with you than most of these other beer companies are. That I guarantee you. Take it from somebody who's in the know, who does business with beer companies. You are way more aligned with Bud Light than you are with so I'm any assuming, other beer company. I mean, they didn't come into partnership with you by accident. No. Obviously. We they, had multiple bidders they, on they the they table. Did they seek you out? We had multiple bidders on the table. They were one of them. And as I, you know, history has shown me with relationships that I've had with other beer companies, I, who lean more this way. Yep. I, who consider myself a patriot, I don't go crazy over the whole patriot thing, but I consider myself a proud American. I'm happy to be an American. I love this country. And you are way more aligned with Anheuser-Busch than you are with other beer companies. All right. So it's it's real simple. Uh, that's a guy who's receiving hundreds of millions of dollars from Anheuser-Busch. Um, he's had his little private conversations and they've said, listen, man, we, we really do lean a little more right than these other fruity, you know, beer companies that are out there. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. However, I have yet to hear Anheuser-Busch come out and say two words, three words. You can make it two. You can shorten it up with a conjunction. I'm sorry. We are sorry. We screwed up. That's all you got to say. We messed up. We misjudged you. We uh, we targeted you in a way that we don't believe was fair. Uh, we crammed something down your throat. We messed up. Regardless of what the perception, or like, it, don't come out and say, well, what we intended to do was, no, 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 you messed up. So if you want to do that, you want to win back a customer base, it, you, you're not going to trot Dana White out there. You're not going to trot Kid Rock out there because, again, contrary to what the left wants to believe about you and me, we don't worship UFC. We don't worship Kid Rock. And we honestly don't worship Donald Trump. So if Donald Trump is on Epstein's list, I'll be the guy that ties the noose. If if, if these guys want to cram some ideology down my throat, they can go to hell, too. I'm not worshiping any of them. Anheuser-Busch made the mistake. It's not up to Dana White or UFC or Kid Rock or anybody else to come out and try to justify their mistake and make me believe that. No, it's Anheuser-Busch's mistake. They need to own up to it. They want to do something about it. They need to do it. They need to take care of this. So that's where I stand on that. I'd love to hear your opinion. You can go to where podcasts are offered and you can leave me a uh, rating and then leave a little review. It tells me what you think about the whole deal. All right, guys, uh, Patriot Mobile, for more than 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They stand behind their values, their exceptional service. They're an example of putting the cause ahead of the profits, and it's why I'm happy to partner with them. Pretty proud of it. So uh, Patriot Mobile is extending their Black Friday deal. Uh, in their uh, Every Friday Matters deal is what they're calling it. You can get a free smartphone. When you switch today, Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage. They use all three major networks, which means you get the coverage you want. You get to pick 
uh, all the stuff you're accustomed to, you're not going to lose it. And you don't have to worry about funding the left's ideologies. So when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, veterans, first responders, all the stuff you believe in. Uh, they, they've got 100% U.S.-based customer service team, and they'll help you out. You can keep your number, keep your existing phone, or let them give you a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Chad or call them 972-PATRIOT. Talk to them on the phone. Use promo code FRIDAY76 and uh, get a free smartphone. That's Friday, 76. It's a limited limited time offer. So join me. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash chat. Be right back. So Chicago hospitals. Like, what is going on at this point? Chicago hospitals will give transgender patients an option to identify as X instead of male or female. So um, Dr. Sumanis Jordan, now I want you to get this title, Director of Gender Pathways Program at Northwestern Medicine. <laughs> um, this is how it was explained. Quote, Northwestern Medicine Hospitals and Outpatient Centers affirm every patient's gender identity. Um, the new medical record designation will enhance communications with patients aligned with best practices and help our staff better meet the needs of diverse population we serve. He went on to claim that the X designation would help prevent depression and anxiety. Uh, he said research has shown that people who are non-binary often experience more discrimination than people who identify as male or female. That discrimination can cause psychological and social distress, and it makes them less likely to seek the health care services they need. If we want our patients to be proactive about their health, we must make it clear we welcome them and affirm their gender identities. All right. So uh, that hospital offers a lot of medical services for transgender patients, apparently. They, is, they have procedures for, and this is a quote, masculinizing, feminizing. Uh, it lists vaginoplasty and phalloplasty as well as breast augmentation and uh, mastectomy under those surgeries. And I'm just sitting here going, you know, um, you know, here's the problem that I have with all of that. It doesn't matter what you put down on the paper or fill out on the form for your admission. You can put X. When the doctor comes and looks at you and begins to treat you, give you a diagnosis and, and see what's going on with you, they're literally not going to treat you like an X. <laughs> they're going to treat you like a man or a woman. They're going to treat you accordingly. And it doesn't matter what your sense of self-esteem does, okay? If you have prostate cancer and you identify as X, they're not going to start looking at your fallopian tubes or your ovaries, all right? So this this silliness, this silliness, and the problem is, is again, we have catered. I mean, look, look at all of, all of the, you know, the, you've heard me talk about the big tyrannies, big government, big, big court, uh, big pharma, big medicine, uh, big corporate, all these things. Big money is <laughs> what it all is. They're catering to people's delusions 
in calling that science and calling it healthcare. And then they're going to turn around and say that by Alex Jones being allowed back onto Elon Musk's platform, that people are going to get murdered. People are going to die. Uh, you remember when they said that Donald Trump's, the meme of him wrestling with a CNN meme was going to cause journalists to die? What in the actual F do you think is going to happen when patients with a serious condition check into uh, Northwestern Medical ho Medicine Hospitals in the Chicago land area and they get treated as X? I'll let you decide on that whole thing what you think, but but <laughs> this this is a perfect example of the fact that we just have never pushed back on insanity, and now it's it's run absolutely, absolutely crazy. Now, in other medical news, the state of Texas, Texas Supreme Court blocks a Democratic judge's order allowing mother over four months pregnant to abort baby and prompts her exodus. So they, there was a Democratic judge who, uh, who had allowed for a 31-year-old mother well over 20 weeks along in her pregnancy to end her child's life. Um, so the mother of the child, the child was diagnosed uh, with Edwards syndrome, which is a survivable genetic condition that occurs in maybe one out of 2,500 diagnosed pregnancies. And uh, one out of 5,000 or 6,000 live births. It's, it's, uh, most of you have no clue what Edwards syndrome is unless your family's been touched with it. And I'm pretty sure that if you've had a baby with Edwards syndrome, you still loved your baby regardless. Um, so uh, she's apparently now headed out of state to have the baby eliminated. Um, but she filed a lawsuit asking a Travis County judge, that's Austin, to allow her to abort her child. And, uh, but again, she was otherwise ineligible because her life was not at risk. So again, you'll have the, the Twitter rereads that'll come at you and they'll say, oh, you people don't care about a mother's health care. The mother's not in danger, in danger in this situation. You know, she, you're forcing this lady to go out of state to seek her reproductive health care needs. No, she is, uh, she is killing an unborn baby over Edwards syndrome. Um, and, it, you know, the justification for this, and now they take it to the Texas Supreme Court. The, the Democratic judge said, yeah, she could do it. Texas Supreme Court says, no, no. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about something uh, that you're talking about something that the child's going to be born with probably a low birth weight. And, and their ears are going to be a little bit, little bit lower set on their head, and they might have club feet. And you're going to kill a child over club feet because of the position of their ears? You, really? I mean, that's that's. I, I mean, you you literally you you you. <laughs> this is the essence of using abortion for birth control, because you've decided on the basis of preference for your child whether you want the child to live or die. So I'm just talking. People can throw hate at me and say, "Oh, you're against reproductive health care." This is not health care for the child. This is murder. And so, uh, and, and again, it's it's quite literally birth control on the basis of preference. You did not conceive a baby that in your eyes was going to be that perfect bouncing bundle of joy. They got Edwards syndrome. Okay? And? And now you're going to take this thing all the way up to the Supreme Court. 
Democrat judge is going to approve the abortion, and uh, Texas Supreme Court says no. So thank God for uh, Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General. Again, don't care about what you think about him on a personal level, but I'll tell you what, he's a dude that, uh, that fights pretty damn hard for those who don't have a voice. People like me and you, when we can't speak against the federal government, that guy, he's, he's, a, he's pretty barbaric when it comes to that stuff and gets after it. And I like having that barbarian at the gate. So um, he highlighted that the mother's life was not at risk. So you can stick that in your women's reproductive health care thing and you put that in a pipe and smoke it. Um, and so guess what? A doctor goes in and performs that abortion. And now those doctors that perform that, they could now be held accountable and liable for civil and criminal uh, abortion laws that they violated. So, you know, the medical community ought to say thank you. Ken Paxton, y'all should change the laws. I know you, you re-rees out there think you should be able to abort babies all the way up to the, you know, through birth, which is, again, absolute insanity. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, while you're out there wanting to kill babies, let's talk about your health. Uh, we're celebrating a one-year anniversary with Liver Health Formula on this show. That we, They've been a proud sponsor of the show for a year, and we're proud to have them. can't believe this year's already gone by, but uh, you should be taking care of your health. And one of the things you got to do is you got to take care of your liver. Uh, you you, you got to be strong. You got to be healthy. You got to look good as well. You need to look healthy. And your liver has a lot to do that. It's the hardest working organ in your body. Performs over 500 key functions in your body every day. But you know, one in three Americans are living with a sluggish, fatty liver. It's epidemic right now. Makes you gain weight. Makes you feel tired. Makes you look horrible. Feel horrible. You need to try liver health formula. I use it. 11 botanicals in, in uh, liver health formula. It will support all aspects of your liver health. And uh, to celebrate our anniversary with liver health formula in this show and our partnership, we've got an amazing offer for you. You uh, have an offer. You have a limited time to, to try liver health formula, and you get to choose a free gift. You choose a free gift. Three options to choose from. Your fat enzymes, gut antioxidants, and your blood sugar formula. So check them out. They are incredible uh, products and they're the most popular purchases among blaze listeners. So your health matters always better to act sooner than later. Go to getliverhelp.com slash blaze. Choose your free gift. Again, getliverhelp.com slash blaze. Be right back. All right. Um, yeah, the world's stupid, man. Uh, it really is stupid. The other day I was having a conversation with somebody and they mentioned having a, what was it, chief diversity officer or something at their company? Like a diversity and equity person. And they were a, a C-level position. It was an executive position. And Brandon, I asked him, I said, what does that person do? <laughs> I mean, Brandon, off the top of your head, like what would you think that a chief diversity officer at a, at a big company what do yeah. you think they do? I mean, what do you think they do? I mean, I guess in in practicality, they just make sure you don't hire white people unless they're like <laughs> gay, right? <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, and then they sit around and they try to see who has been oppressed at work today. That's the other thing. Like if you if you somebody you know crowded you in the elevator and you 
and you're black and you need to complain about it because that was some kind of discrimination. You, that's where you go. You go to that and say, oh, I was harassed in some kind of way. And I'm being a little bit facetious, but am I? Am I at this point in time? So um, th- this is this is this is so stupid. Um, forget hiring the best person for the job. Forget maintaining an effective and efficient workforce. Ah, boy, howdy. Play clip number six. So we take underrepresented and gender. You got to move both forward by a percentage. That leads to a plus on your bonus. By the way, if you lose, you lose part of your bonus. Paul's held to the same standards. Paul and I have been working together to say, okay, how do we apply those deeper into the organization? I'm very clear about this. I expect at the executive level, so that is not just my directs, but all executives in the company have to move forward by 1% on both underrepresented minorities. So let me say it. Asians in the U.S. are not an underrepresented minority in a tech company. <laughs> However, others are. Um, ditto on gender diversity. I'm not trying to finesse this. So for blacks, we should try to get towards 13 point something percent. On Hispanics, you got to get into the mid-teens. On gender, okay, we are somewhere in the mid-30s, I think, for all of IBM. The, uh, the, for those of you who couldn't see that, and for those of you who would care to go back and watch it again, um, the, the girl below him, there was a Zoom call type thing. And so there were three people on the girl below him in the, in the screen below him. She, it's all she could do to keep a straight face. Now, she's a white girl. And uh, is there a way, Brandon, can we play that clip again without the volume on it? And let me just unpack some of what he was saying based on the graphics. Is it possible to do that? Yep. All right, play it. So play it again. So his name is Arvind Krishna. He's the CEO of IBM, and he uh, he talks about he's gonna, you're going to lose your bonus, and you got to hold everybody to the same standards. But you're going to lose your bonus if you don't have enough diversity hires. So he says uh, at the executive level, um, he says that you have to move forward by one percent on both underrepresented minorities. But then he goes on, he says, let me just say Asians aren't underrepresented in a tech company. Wonder why that is. But he says, um, he says, blacks, we got to get them up to 13%. Um, Hispanics got to get into the mid teens. All right. So basically the same with gender. We're in the mid thirties. So he says, I think we're okay there. Um, Let me tell you something. How does it make you feel if you're a black person or you're a Hispanic person and to IBM, his, the CEO there, all you are is a percentage point? Now, if you're okay with that, it tells me something about you. You don't care about performance. You don't care about uh, doing a job or being qualified for the job. You don't care. All you care about is taking home the paycheck. So, again, uh, Again, I had someone this morning on X who was talking about how qualified Michelle Obama was compared to other women in politics Um, because she has an undergrad from Harvard. Now, I will remind everybody that she, just like Kamala Harris as well, were both gained admission, they garnered admission into their respective schools and degree programs because of affirmative action. 
And then now, generations later, we're going to hold that up as a standard and say, look what she accomplished. But did she? Did she? She was giving something because she had to be, uh, she had to meet, they had to meet a quota. She was literally a societal percentage point. I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody giving me something that I didn't earn or deserve. Now, that's just me. And I know I'm very rare in this society these days. I don't want somebody giving me something that I didn't work for, that I didn't earn, and that I don't deserve. Because that's humiliating to me. I mean, I've got to walk around with that in my conscience, knowing that someone else out there could do the job better than me. You know, sometimes I look at the things I do to make a living, you know, whether I'm running my mouth or 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 getting on a stage or the things I'm doing with music. And I'm like there and I do sometimes I feel like I'm like, damn, like I know that I don't do these things as well as other people do them. And so in some cases you say, I kind of feel like a sham here at this point. You know, there's some things I do really, really well. There's some things I don't. And some things people heap praise on me for the things that I don't do really well. And I'm like, really, IBM is going to say, well, we, we just need you to be a percentage point. Just make sure you go out there and get those percentage points. That, to me, is dehumanizing. It really is. Forget the work ethic stuff. It's dehumanizing. We're hiring you not on the basis of what you bring to our company to make it better and more profitable. Not because you really bring something other than your skin color. Ah, that to me is is just untenable. But the fact that we use that level of racist rhetoric, and that's what it is. And I don't use that lightly. It's racist rhetoric in order to meet a bottom line. Yeah. All right, guys. Since the early days of Blaze TV, we've been fortunate enough to work with the folks over at Relief Factor. We love them. They're great. They're another great partner. And um, they they have this product that it just has this remarkable ability to reduce pain uh, for all these different types of chronic ailments. It's all natural. It's not a drug. Uh, it's developed by doctors. But let me tell you, it attacks the inflammation, keeps your inflammation markers in check, which not only causes the pain in the joints and all of the you know, the stuff that goes on when you wake up every day and you're ooh and ah and oh my God, am I having another kidney stone or is this arthritis? What in the hell's going on in my body? Let me tell you something. Inflammation, it leads to a lot of issues, not just chronic pain, but a lot of issues out there, including disease if you don't deal with it. So relief factor works for me. I've proven it time and again. It's an all-natural alternative to pain medication, and it'll help you as well. I believe it will if you'll try it. You don't know if you don't try it. So give it a shot. You've been thinking about it. You're on the fence. Order some today. Get the trial pack. You know it's $19.95. See if it'll work for you. 70% of the people who take it keep on ordering it because it works for them. Call them. The, eight, the number is 800, the number four, relief, or you can go to relieffactor.com to order them. And uh, check them out, relieffactor.com. We'll be right back. I got home last night and uh, discovered that a dog, one of my dogs, had made it into my bedroom, which is a no, 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 no. That is the holy of holies. You don't, the dogs don't go in the bedroom. No, unless I invite them in. They don't, that's, that's the deal. And apparently one of them got in the bed and threw up. 
and then did something else in there that I cannot figure out what it was. So I was up to like one o'clock in the morning doing laundry, cleaning linens, just getting that crap out of there and uh, taking my girlfriend's name in vain because I have not been here in 10 days and she's the one who's had access to the house and somehow she left the door to the bedroom open and uh, left the dogs here unattended one day and that's what I got. So I'm tired. Ah, I just had to get that off my chest. I just had to get that. I just had to throw her under the bus. Throw her under the bus. But you know what? Thank God we, uh, for now, have washers and dryers until the Biden administration comes and gets them. Um, Then I went to the grocery store early this morning, spent $225 on literally plastic sacks of nothing. Thanks, Joe Biden. Uh, Guys, huge announcement coming on Monday the 18th. We will be here uh, in studio. So I want you to tune in for that. And uh, find out what's going on as we head into 2024. I'm in St. Cloud, Florida. This weekend, the shows are sold out. So that's exciting for me. Get to go hang out with my buddy, Party Foul Steve. Uh, Thanks to Brandon and Joe. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget, subscribe to Blaze if you haven't already. And know that we love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. (laughs)